From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, April 5th. Moab City is trying to get housing for the local workforce. More and more organizations from the hospital to restaurants and, yes, local government are struggling to hire employees due to the rising cost and limited availability of housing. By their own estimates, if this trend continues, city staff say it will eliminate the workforce population needed for the community to function. So, serious issues, and they're trying different solutions. One of them is requiring a percentage of new multifamily developments in the R3 and R4 zones be set aside for workforce housing. That means only people who work locally or have a workforce history here would be able to live in them. But this requirement, the active employment household requirement, is not yet law. It seemed likely to pass last week, but hit a snag. Concerns from the Utah Realtors Association and state politicians. To explain the situation now, we speak to Mayor Joette Langanese. Thank you so much, Mayor, for being here with us and um, taking some time to talk about the active employment requirement. You know, let's let's start there. Um, do you mind explaining uh, what this requirement is in its current, you know, draft form? Well, it's uh, it's an ordinance within the R three and R four residential zones, which are our highest density zones. And it places a deed restriction on new developments, which would require those developments to have a certain percentage of the pro, you know, of their units to be deed restricted for active employee housing. And currently it's defined as somebody that's employed in Grand County. At our meeting on the 31st, there was some uh, concern raised by Jason Taylor, rightly so, about folks that may be working in San Juan County but live in Moab and that we need to consider those as part of active employee housing. So the definition may change a little bit, but the intent is for people living and working in Moab in the Moab region, we want to make sure that new development in those two zones allow for people to live here, to actually live in those units. Can you talk a little bit about why um, the city council is even, you know, considering this? I know that the process started with a previous council and a previous mayor, but, you know, why take up the charge um, to see this through? Well, because we're fighting a real great need for uh, essential workers, you know, mainly for all of our businesses in town. The big concern that we have is for police officers. Of course, that's a big issue for the city and the county. Uh, employees at the hospital, you see every week in the newspaper, every position that they need to be filled, teachers, and of course, our businesses that that work with our tourist industry, there's just no place for those fo- these folks to live. And so we want to make sure that new development that comes online is allowing for or requiring for people that live here to have access to that new housing. Now, with that said, there's not an affordability limit to this. So that means, you know, developer could pencil out his project to what the desired market value is to sell or to lease those properties. And this ordinance would not impact the cost. It would just require that 
whoever lived in a certain percentage of those units work in Grand County. So, you know, the Planning Commission and the City Council have been working on this for quite some time. Um, There was a City Council, special City Council meeting last week, um, where I naively expected (laughs) that the City Council might take action on the ordinance. But something else instead happened. Um, Can you tell us uh, where we are right now with this process? Yes, well... You know, we wanted to make sure that whatever percentage we came up with for these new developments was defensible and was going to um, not impact any developer's ability to actually make the money that they need to make on doing a development. And so we hired a consultant to come in and run these statistical analysis And I can't, you know, I'm probably not the right person to really go into detail as to how those consultants came up with the numbers that they did. Um, But it was a a complicated equation, so to speak. And they came up with a percentage that they felt was reasonable that would also allow a developer to do what they need to do to, to make the income that they need to make on a development and at the same time meet the needs of the community. That number that they came up with was 42%, and 42.5%. And so the council had the ability to pick a number, you know, a percentage. That was like the maximum number that we could go so that it wouldn't be considered a taking. And, you know, that would kind of go into a whole lot of land use language there. But a taking means that we were, you know, we're taking away from a developer. And so we wanted to make sure that we were doing that. We wanted to make sure that the needs of the community were met and also the needs of a developer were met. And so the number that they came up with, these consultants came up with was 42.5%. The council has the ability to pick any percentage, but that 42.5% was the maximum. And so consequently, what happened is the realtors, Utah Realtor Association heard about this and got a little concerned about how this is going to impact the market. And and that kind of went up the chain to our state legislature that also expressed some concern. And we just believe that there needs to be more education. You know, we don't want to go down this path and cause any problems for people, cause any problems for the city. So we thought, let's pause and take the time to educate our state legislatures, educate, work with our, you know, the Utah Realtors Association and the Private Property Rights Coalition so that they understand exactly what they're doing and hopefully can give us some input on what they feel would be an approach that's workable and something that they would accept. So we felt like it was prudent for us to to table that action until we had the opportunity to talk with the people that have concerns because we want – we want to be open and honest and transparent. We want everybody to know that their voice matters. And so we just thought it would be best at this time to just hold off. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can come to some conclusion and, and pass this ordinance at a later date. Thank you for going through that so cleanly, Joette. Um, it, it made sense. It, it's a complicated thing. And it's, you know, it's new. And I, I'm, you know, people don't, when they don't understand something new, um, you know, we don't know really how it's going to work, honestly, you know, and so but it's like a tool, you know, a creative way for us to see if it can work. And so we just want to have the opportunity to try it. And I think Luke at our meeting, you know, said, hey, I'm willing to just put an end date on this. If it doesn't work, you know, and I don't know if we'll do that or not, but if we're seeing that's not working, we can rescind or amend the ordinance 
you know, at a later date. But let's just give us the opportunity to try it and see see what happens. So does this mean that there isn't like a timeline for completion of getting this requirement done and this ordinance passed just yet? We didn't put a date. Now, the challenge that we have is that when the previous council and mayor started down this road, they put in what they call a proposed ordinance. It's called a POD. And so what that does is it stops any development from moving forward until we until we finalize this ordinance. And there's a deadline, it's 180 days. And that deadline runs out on April 10th. Mm. And so we kind of were moving through the process expeditiously so that we could meet that April 10th deadline. And so that's our hope is that, you know, we can have an ordinance in place so new developments can follow these new ordinances, this new ordinance and move through with their development. Um, If we don't pass this by April 10th, then it goes back to what, you know, doesn't have that provision. So that means developers can move forward and not put any deed restrictions on any of their new units for active employee housing. And there's current there's current developments that are in the pipeline waiting for this ordinance. A couple of the developers have agreed. Uh, they thought, that, you know, they'd be willing to try it. And I think one is not willing to try it so you know then they could move forward even if we do pass the ordinance down the road that it would not apply to them so that's why we wanted to get the process completed so that it would apply to all developments but um if we don't get it done by the 10th then it kind of goes back to what it was before and it won't include that percentage so you're going to be busy the next uh couple days then yeah i am yeah but you know it's good it's all good i mean you know it's a little frustrating i think for council members because we've been working on this for months and it just feels like oh you know we finally got to the point where we can make a decision and we all felt comfortable and we did all our homework and then you know people in the community say hey wait a minute you know and so now we have to you know continue work which is a good thing uh, but we kind of wish that people would pay attention and, you know, not wait to the final hour to come and be a part of the process. But with that said, I don't think it's going to change. I think in my experience, it always happens that way. We can be as diligent and do as much due diligence as we want to make sure everybody's informed. And it always comes down to the last minute when people come forward and say, whoa, wait a minute. So, you know, as much as we'd like for people to to be paying attention, to go to the public hearings, we know that that's not going to happen all of the time. Moab City Mayor Joette Langanese speaking about the active employment household requirement. The city council is working on this requirement that 42.5% of new multifamily units in the R3 and R4 zones be set aside for the local workforce. They're under a tight deadline to get this passed. To read the draft ordinance, visit the show notes of today's news. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, April 5th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.